This podcast is brought to you by High Five Tom, a proud family member of Visionaries Global Media, your number one source for podcasting entertainment. Visionaries Global Media, envisioning excellence on a global scale. And honored to be part of The following is brought to you in association with and from a proud partner of The Shining Wizards Network. Entertainment here. What up, High Fivers? Uh, this is your boy, High Five Tom. And I've got my very good friend here uh, over there on uh, the East Coast. And hopefully they're not going to get drowned out sometime soon. But my good friend, Wheel. Wheel. How are you this evening? Doing all right, Tom. As folks are listening to this, you know, depending on when during the day they're listening to it, I'm going to be on my way to Foxwoods to see... Uh, Megadeth and Biohazard. Well, that's right. By the way, in pre-production since Foxborough, I didn't even put it together. So I'm like, wait, I'm like, Megadeth isn't playing Foxborough. Yeah. Foxwoods. Okay, so you're going to Connecticut. What part of Connecticut is Foxwoods? Um, I've never been, so I don't know too much about it. But it's roughly a two-hour commute for me. And I do really want to comment here real quick. I'm going to break down the fourth wall here. Um, this might be a new record for Will and I. Uh, we only spent 20 minutes in pre-production minutes. We're, we're tired, and we, we got stuff to do at home. It's in uh, Ledyard. That looks like what it says the, the town is. Ledyard, Connecticut. Home of Foxwoods Resort Casino. So, thanks, Joe. Also known as Pure Evil Unboxing. Uh, drag, dragging me along to, to see Megadeth. That's pretty awesome. So, uh, yeah, we... What, what, what an opportunity. And you've never seen them. That would mean after, uh, after Saturday, there's only one big four band I've not seen live. Wow. I haven't seen Metallica. I've technically seen Megadeth. Uh, they played uh, Metal Fest in 97. Who's playing downstairs? They always stayed for like three songs because I think Stuck Mojo, I think, was playing out there. So. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah, I've never so seen yeah, I'll see Megadeth and then. I saw Slayer on the their farewell tour. Was you and Anthrax was Anthrax was a uh, was a support on that. So I did I didn't get to see like a headline Anthrax show, which I still would like to see because I mean when they're playing a support for a crowd like that, I mean they're just pretty much playing the hits because all the people in the crowd want to hear 
you know, those six songs that they really know and they really like. Yeah. Uh, I yeah, only saw only saw Slayer the one time on that that farewell tour. Oh, I'm glad you got to see him though. Me too. I saw them. This is actually kind of ironic. So uh, first time I saw Slayer was uh, yeah they were doing Rain and Blood front to back. That was cool. And then the first time I saw Anthrax was probably hadn't been in the band. Actually, I think the original, not the original, but Joey wasn't the original singer. Um, Dan Spitz was even there, but yeah, they played uh, Among the Living front to back, which is one of my favorite albums, too. So, That's cool. Yeah. I'm sold on Anthrax in my old age. Yeah, yeah that'll, be a, that'll be a good time. It's going gonna, it's gonna to potentially rain like a son of a bitch. What, what can you do? It's just rain. You uh, is this your first time seeing the Biohazard? Yes. Do you even know much about Biohazard? Probably the better question. I know a little bit about Biohazard. Never, never been that I really listened to. Um, and this is probably going to make you roll your eyes, but there was a show on VH1 called Supergroup. Yeah, I remember Supergroup. Where Evan Seinfeld was on there, right? Yeah, Evans. It was Evan Seinfeld, Ted Nugent, Sebastian Bach, uh, Jason Bonham, yep. and uh, Scott Ian. Had to had to make a band. What They're they called Democracy. Democracy, <laughs> yeah. That was really before Ted Nugent really kind of won off the ledge. I mean, he was, he was kind of teetering on that ledge. Yeah. During that time, like it's like, well, I didn't realize Ted Nugent was a fucking redneck. Again, didn't really know a whole lot about, didn't really know about Ted Nugent other than the name either. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I grew up. I was, I mean, it was kind of towards the tail end of. He was pretty huge, obviously, in the seventies and mid eighties. Um. You know, so by the time I got into music, he was still, I mean, it was kind of, you know, like the post, you know, peak. Uh, but my old boss, who I owe a lot to, he got me into a lot of music. Uh, he's the one that actually got me into George Clinton. That's when, uh, you know, like Snoop Dogg and Dr. Dre and everybody were sampling the shit out of, of George Clinton. Um, he's like, well, yeah, this is where all the shit comes mm-hmm. But uh, he got me into Sabotage. Uh, he's a big dream theater, Mark. Um but he looked exactly like Ted Hell yeah, Dream Theater gang. Yeah. So, yeah, every time I hear uh, Edge of Thorns by Sabotage or uh, Pull Me Under by Dream Theater, I think of my old boss, Jerry. Uh, yeah, he was the first. He, well, I, I worked there originally as a dishwasher, and then I quit that job to go work at the grocery store. And then I quit that. Or I got fired. Did I get fired from it? Oh, I got fired from that job. And then Jerry was the one that hired me after the hamburger incident. So, every time somebody brings up my hamburger, I think of you now. Yeah, it's uh, yeah, yep, yep. That's going on thirty years. It's been a thing now. So, I'm just yeah. Saying. We're we're rocking. We're rolling. I've I I had went on a little bit of a. I know we 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 talk movies a little bit. I went on a little comic book movie bender right. the last couple of days. 
movies I uh, that I didn't realize were comic book movies because when they came out, that wasn't really a fad or a trend to do yet. Right. So I watched the three Blade movies. Nice. Blade one and two, amazing. Blade Trinity, horrendous. Is Wesley Snipes still in Trinity? He was still in Trinity. That that was his last uh, last time playing the character. Was that Ryan Reynolds was in Trinity and he was awful. Really, a lot of his dialogue felt ad-libbed and a lot of it and if it wasn't ad-libbed it was just like it felt like edgy teenager wrote it like they're just throwing out like all sorts of like swear words and like just cussing shit and it's like it's i feel like it's supposed to be funny and maybe if i was like 13 i would have found it funny because i probably did when i first watched it yeah but watching it now it's like especially because the second one blade 2 was directed by guillermo del toro and yeah. like yeah, it had its it had its you know weaknesses because it is a action horror late nineties early two thousands. Right. <laughs> you know you you can have some issues with the plot and the pacing or whatever. But I mean like you had a young Norman Reedus, Rob Perlman was in it. Nice. Is it Guillermo del Toro directing? So I mean it looked really good. I don't know. I, I saw the original Blade. And, and then... I don't know if I've seen that since. Yeah, then, then Blade Trinity. I mean, Triple H Goon. So pretty cool. But okay. just bad. When you watch them all in a row, the, the quality drop feels like way worse. <laughs> well, the original... Like I said, when I watched it, when I watched it, I was like 13 or whatever. I probably thought that movie was great. And I remember really liking that movie. But now I watch it now and I'm like, that was awful. Well, I spent almost two hours watching that movie. <laughs> the original Blade's worth uh, a rewatch, huh? I think so. They're all on HBO Max. Okay. That's that's at least where I watch them. I think they're streaming in other places too. Looking forward to there's a Blade movie they started making, but obviously, pandemic and writer strikes and all that are putting a, but a, I'm gonna press it. Mashashala Ali. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. He was in like Green Book, and he's been in a bunch of other stuff. He's gonna be Detective. the Blade character. In the new movie, yes. Nice. He's a great actor. I love that dude. Um, and I also watched. Uh, we. I don't know if we talked. I don't know if I was talking to Keanu Reeves with you recently. Uh, I watched Constantine, which yeah. came out in two thousand five. Yeah, I remember that one. Which I had no no idea was based on a comic book character because at that point I did not know there was a comic book character named Constantine. And also, when I saw it available to watch, I'm like, you know what? I really don't actually remember. Other than, like, one or two scenes, I really don't remember any of this movie. And it was all right. Um, was Keanu Reeves that great in it as 
the character of John Constantine, you know, maybe not so much. But it wasn't bad. I, don't know. I wasn't mad about spending my time watching it. <laughs> that's a that, that's a good thing. I, I don't know. Keanu personally just kind of gets a, a pass on a lot of things because he seems like a great human being. Um, I, I just rewatched Point Break. I love that movie. So you know, I like, I like Speed myself. He did a really good job because he was like Woody Harrelson. I know these this is a little obviously before your time. Um, but obviously, being you know, in Bill and Ted's, he was super tight, tight typecast, you know, um, for a long time. But he did obviously a great job of breaking out of that. So, I mean, I also recently watched the the Francis Ford Coppola Dracula movie. Keanu Reeves is terrible. Really? Terrible. When that come I mean, out? the whole I I wouldn't I wouldn't say the movie was great. Well, that came out early nineties. Has Gary Oldman and Winona Ryder and Keanu Reeves and oh, that cast and thing. Uh, they were they were young. Gary Oldman was Chef's Kiss, like no doubt the the highlight of the movie. But everybody else and just like. Kind of the whole movie overall was just I'm like, wow, this movie feels like a big dud. But Keanu Reeves was especially horrendous because <laughs> he tried to do like an accent, so it had like this really shitty like English accent, and he still kind of comes off as like Keanu, you know. As <laughs> <laughs> That's hilarious. So, um, well, speaking of comic books made into movies and movies made into TV series, will um, guess what? I finally what series I finally finished. You finished watching Watchmen. I did. Also, did. answering the question of who watches the Watchmen, Milwaukee Tom watches the Watchmen. Yeah. Um, did not see any of that coming. Holy shit! You were right. All the, all those time travel twists at the end, where it's like stuff that you didn't realize was kind of like they, they inadvertently set themselves up for failure because of time travel nonsense, and the loop around with the egg. Yeah. Um. I want to see, I don't know if the website is still up, but they had like a supplemental website where you could go on and like look at like characters, like files and documents that they were supposed to be making like through the show. I never looked into it, but it was a great show to be watching. Like, I had a, my buddy I was working with, it was actually Joe, uh, who I'm going to the concert with, because I'd keep coming and be like, you watched it yet? I'm like, no, I need one more day. He's like, I don't want to wait one more day to talk about this. Like, I need to talk about it now. <laughs> That's funny. Yeah, it was... That was a great show. I mean, I, I felt like an idiot because I didn't realize. This is the American education system. I thought the Tulsa, Oklahoma bombings was something they made up for the show. And Brittany just looked at me horrified, like, no, that's 
something that really happened. And I had no idea. Yeah. Well, it's funny. Um, I mean, not a lot of people do. I mean, that's a not, I mean, it's not just you, Will. I mean, that's a, I didn't know much about it. Probably, I mean, it obviously got highlighted because of that, but um, yeah, it's a, it's a deal. Yeah, Tulsa is a beautiful city. We went through Tulsa a while ago. It's uh, um, because a friend of a friend, um, we did. You ever see The Outsiders, the movie, and or read the book? Nope. Nope. No, talking about that. No, no, on both counts, Tom. I, I am, I have, I have a general knowledge of, of it. Like I don't know, like necessarily plot points. Yeah, it's a great stuff like that, but it's the. Stay gold pony boy, right? Yep, exactly. Um, but is redoing the outsider's house, so we just drove through Tulsa to you know, stop by and see that on our way back from Idaho. But uh, where's it going? Oh, but yeah, Tulsa's like it's got a for a, the longest time, well, it's that Black Wall Street, but yeah, that a lot of oil money was going through there, so it's got some really cool, weird architecture and stuff like that. It was one of the richest cities in the US for. Really. A while there, so house is interesting. So, um, but yeah, that, that show was great. If people haven't watched the Watchmen series, even if you aren't necessarily a comic book person, you don't have to be a comic book person to enjoy it. If you've read Watchmen or you watch the Zack Snyder movie, like there'll be plenty of stuff in there for you to pick at and be like, Oh, I remember that. Oh, I remember that. But, uh, a great. Um, kind of twist, right? Because it's like, what do you do when everybody wears a mask, right? That's one of the first things they ask in like the first episode. Yeah. And then that's that's something that's kind of carried through the whole show is just like layers of like how how masked is this? How how many layers does this go in, go through? Yeah, and I, I know it's four years old, but I do want to avoid spoilers if people would like to watch it and haven't seen it, but it's. I did not see that coming. Um, and there's not more. The director said there's not going to be more. So you can sit down, enjoy your 10 episodes, and it's like, that is your story. Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm going to reference this, and it won't spoil anything until, I mean, you won't know what I'm talking about till the end. But I was kind of hoping she was going to fall in the pool at the end. I thought that would have been funny. Uh, you know what I'm talking about? Yes. <laughs> um, all that drama. Yeah, it was great. Thank you for the recommendation. And I do, um, you know, I know Brandon recommended uh, the John Bernthal um, Punisher series. So I got to sit down and start watching that. I have, I've got to watch that still, too. I I've I really, I love what they did with Daredevil. And I, I can't, like, I don't really use the Disney Plus login that my family sent me, but... The um, they were working on a new uh, Daredevil series that was, I believe, supposed to be based on. Oh, shit. I don't remember what the story arc was, but it's one of Frank Miller's store or Born Again, I think. So, it's a great read. I'm I'm kind of hoping that they they play around with that that story a bit in that because one of the things where like they're borrowing the name, so it's like. Are they just using the name to like get people hooked? Who are going to be like, oh, 
that's a story. I remember that being a big deal, or is it just because it's like, no, we're actually going to do the story, and it's not just to like get people's ears to perk up. Yeah. All right, but this isn't. Uh, this isn't. I, I'm going to try to segue here. This isn't a comic book podcast, right? This is a Ring of Honor podcast. But I do want to say one more, one last thing is, the day that this goes up, September 16th, is a National Batman Day. Oh shit. So a lot of uh, a lot of comic shops are going to have a lot of the ones that are around here are having different like promotions and deals and like discounts and stuff on Batman comics. Um, this is probably a really dumb question, but what's the significance of September 16th? Do you have an idea? So the date, the the dates fluctuated in past years. You. It used to kind of line up with, um, they'd line it up with uh, San Diego Comic Con and stuff like that. But I believe the 16th is the actual like publication date anniversary. Like the original original. Yes. Nice. That's cool. Yeah, it's actually my brother and his wife's is 28th anniversary. My brother's birthday is this coming Sunday, so I guess I'll say happy birthday to my brother he, he's not going to listen but i bought him a bunch of books and uh amazon prime two-day shipping doesn't exist up where we grew up so uh, he'll get them eventually <laughs> wait really yeah i ordered stuff to have shipped up there and it's going to take a little over a week wow because i mean it'll be rare but I lived out in Idaho, and like I said, we're 60 miles from the nearest stoplight, so we're in the middle of fucking nowhere. Um, you would sometimes get two-day shipping. Yep, I, I always get two-day shipping here. See the Amazon cars going around all the time, but yeah. Um, baby brother's birthday. You guys are definitely Irish women. Yeah, he's 11, 11 months younger than I am. Wow. But real quick, as Will said, this is not a constant thought, but um, I do want to recommend, yeah, the, the Punisher series. Um, it's, it's better than the movie. I did rewatch that. I started rewatching the one with uh, our boy Thomas Jane. Uh, yes, Eric, we will be reviewing that. And uh, so it's going to shout out Mr. Freed's here with the Nattering with E. Um, him and I will be reviewing that movie. And you're going to owe me for that one because it's a. Uh, that's interesting. But, Will, we've got some questions of dishonor this week. Holy shit, do we? And uh, thank you to all the high-fivers for uh, for coming out in, uh, you know, in our time of need. Is, We're uh, inund in inundated yeah. with questions. Uh, but I thought this week we'd do something a little different just because of the context of that question. But we can do Brendan's first. Um, That's I'm sorry, I don't I don't have the I don't have the sound queued up, so sorry, I probably should have told you in pre-production, but we only talked for 20 minutes, so um yes, Brendan's question of dishonor. Let's say it's a little somber this week. Uh but he even says that going a little somber for question of dishonor uh this week, but what wrestler's death hits you the hardest? And his answer which kind of surprised me a little bit. Um but absolutely Brody Lee. Well, not my all-time favorite, and I was always a big fan of his. 
Uh, his tribute show was sadly probably the best tribute show of all time. I cried the whole I cried throughout the whole show and still think about him a lot. I was extremely pissed when I when I listed the shows of my TV or um lost the shows of my DVR when my house got struck by lightning and blew out every case. Wait, what? I mean, you're kind of burying the lead here. Your house got struck by lightning. My damn. Um, yeah. So uh, high fivers. If you could find Brundon, uh, that tribute show and send it to him, that would be awesome. Um, yeah, that that kind of surprised. But yeah, that was a was a weird time. You know, he. You know, obviously this is a Ring of Honor podcast, but I mean. You know, he was just getting his legs under him in AEW. He's, you know, uh, the AEW TNT title has not been shit since he lost it. Um, yeah, that was that was definitely a tough one. That was a great tribute show. It was just out of nowhere because they kept it so well under wraps that he was sick, which is awesome. Um, but real quick, well, before we kind of go into that, did you ever listen to his wife on uh, – the um, AEW whatever podcast that unrestricted, yeah. Shivani and what's your nuts do? I, I I did, I did. I I beat myself up and I I listened to that because Brendan's answer is also my answer. I said I don't know what about it made it hit so like what exactly about it made it hit so hard, and maybe it's because. Like you said, he was kind of like on the up and up. He just had like whatever injury, had to like take time away. But you talk about that podcast, the AW Unrestricted podcast. On the episode that he did, he was at home recovering. Oh, he mentions that he couldn't finish his workout. Yeah. That he was having a hard time. So when they they loop back around you know, and you jump forward to listen to Amanda's episode, it's like they're talking, they're mentioning stuff. Like, that's at the time where he would have been on the podcast. Wow. But he didn't know. he. They didn't know he was sick yet. Because they thought he was just recovering from the, the knee or whatever it was. Yeah, and just... And the tribute shows were, I think, a big part of it, right? Like, it's, I mean, it's sad, right? Because he was a young guy, out of nowhere, like, totally unexpected. And there's no answer. Like, I mean, first, there's no answer because they're not releasing anything. But then even when they do share what they did know, it's like, still don't know. Still don't really know what what exactly did it. And those tribute shows and seeing... His small kid, seeing his small children, and seeing Tony Khan being, being like devastated by this, like seeing like all those AEW roster talents, and hearing Cody and Big E talking about driving down and like being with them, like the whole thing. Like I cried a lot. After that, like just thinking about it would make me like well up, and I would like need a minute. I'm like, and I couldn't tell you why. I couldn't tell you why that one in particular hit so damn hard, but it just it really did. You know, it's it's always tough when it's in, you know obviously it's an active wrestling. Um, like I said, there's so many unanswered questions. You know, it's um, 
Yeah, and it was just so odd. I mean, and kudos to everybody in the company, to his family. Um, we had no idea. I mean, I literally popped up on something. Uh, I don't know if somebody texted me or whatever. I was just like, what are you doing? What? Like, I mean, he had no idea. Just like, yeah, like, I mean, he was talking a couple weeks ago. I'm like, where's Corey Lee? And then he come back on TV and blah, blah, blah. And, you know, so cool. I mean, all the beef I may have with AEW and 20 pound and his booking and everything, that was, yeah, like you said, very, very well done um, on his part and everything. So that was um, a tough one. Um, do you have any other ones, by the way, Will, before I go on to, like, you know, pontificator for 25 minutes? No, I mean, that was my big one. Um, I mean, obviously, growing up, I was disappointed when Chris Benoit, before all the details came out. Right. Eddie Guerrero. Because, yeah. again, that was a shock. Like, Eddie Guerrero was on TV. Like, that was... <laughs> There was no delay there. He was like on TV one week and then the next week there's no Eddie Guerrero. And it's right, it's just that proximity thing where it's like it's not like I just saw him, but it's like I just saw him. He was just on the TV last week. Um and uh, I was I was gonna mention those two. Um to me it was it was weird because I was out of wrestling at that point. Um I I mean I knew I was a big Chris Benoit fan before that. Um, so, and just, I mean, so I was in 05, I've been out of wrestling probably like maybe a year or two. Uh, so here in Eddie Guerrero, that was just weird, but um, you know, by 07, I was way, way out of wrestling, if that makes sense. And like, it was like the talk of the town. Um, and that was before all the details, you know, it's like I came to work Monday morning, like, I'm like, wait, what? Um, yeah, I mean, and the same, obviously with Chris Benoit, it was obviously very tragic. We're not going to dive into that. Uh, we weren't going to cancel or anything, but same thing. He was just on TV. You know, it's not like he was, you know, so. You know, and obviously recently with Bray Wyatt, you know, I mean, he'd been off TV for a while, but that was just another big shock. Um, yeah. But, um, so... Uh, I mean, obviously, people here, everyone would expect uh, me to pick Jay Briscoe, obviously, because same thing. I know. mean, we did we did a whole episode about it. Yeah, I mean, so, so, so you know our, our feelings. Uh, but kind of revisiting that a little bit, the reason I'm not picking Jay is, and we've kind of went, we've talked about this a little bit. For me, it still doesn't seem real. I know it's been seven, eight months. But because we see him every week on TV, it still hasn't set in completely for me. I don't know if that's a denial thing or what it is. Um, you know, yeah, like, like Will said, we, you know, we did a whole episode. But the, the other one that really hit me um, hard, it was really the first wrestler that died that I had seen kind of groomed and growing up with and everything. And this is really kind of ironic. Um you know, this is probably a little before your time too, though. Will was was Mr. Perfect. That one still bothers me. And that was twenty years ago already. Um, I was a big Mr. Perfect fan as a kid growing up. I mean, he's a Minnesota guy. You know, the whole kit and caboodle was one of my favorites. Um, I always say we're related because my mom, my grandmother's maiden name was Hennig, and all that stuff. But uh, the weekend before he died, we we're 
uh, took the infamous trip down to St. Louis with my buddy Steve to pick up his brother's truck. Um, that's when we're in a bar at seven o'clock in the morning. Um, you shout out the tone, uh, Brandon and Steve were on that one. Uh, but we were talking about Mr. Perfect the whole weekend. And then we got home. This is really before the internet. And uh, we found out Mr. Perfect died. Like, my buddy Tony called me. He's like, dude, Mr. Perfect died today. And I said, we were just talking about him 12 hours ago. Um, that one still, still hurts because I think of all the, the older wrestlers that could have really passed down a lot of knowledge and everything, I mean, he was just a great brain for the business and everything. I think uh, today's wrestlers could use could have used Mr. Perfect. He would have been perfect in NXT, pardon the pun. Um, so that was the one that always kind of gets me, Mr. Perfect. So, um, yeah, that, we're kind of, kind of starting off a little somber here, but I uh, wanted to give, you know, Brunnen our, our, his flowers and everything. So, um, but yeah, uh, High Flyers, obviously, if you guys want to DM us or, uh, you know, message us, you know, wrestlers that passed away that, you know, your kind of thoughts and everything, that would be awesome. So, um, really got anything else here before we lighten up the mood here a little bit? No, I mean, it, not when it hits me hard because it was before my time, but wrap, wrapping my head around the death of Owen Hart and the fact that they just, like, kept the show going, like, like nobody, like, enough of the talent couldn't just put their foot down and be like, bro, somebody just fucking died out there. Not doing it. You know, and, and I may beg on Jim Ross today, but he, I mean, he's one of the greatest. That's got to be the hardest announcing anyone's ever done. And he killed it. You know, if you go back and watch those clips, it's just kudos to him. You know, that would fuck me up, so. Um, All right, Tom, which which way do we want to go to lighten the mood? <laughs> um, Let's go... Uh, Let's go Ninja Turtles, because I couldn't find that one. All right, so question from our... Oh, well... Uh-oh, well... Wheel. All right, but we got some teen, uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle questions, huh? Yes, Eric. Free, so I'm I'm always combobulated because my internet sucks a bag. So Eric Freed's Nattering with E '90s review, '90s nostalgia hour. What that's what it's called. He has a hockey one too, but I think that's on hiatus until hockey starts. Asked us to cast 2013 Ring of Honor roster members as Power Rangers or Ninja Turtles. Okay, so um, I know less about Power Rangers than I do Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, so I'm gonna have to go with uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Will, do you know much about Power Rangers? I mean, I know what they are, obviously. I see. I went the Power Rangers route because the then all the all the action on the tweet was uh was turtle focused. Yeah. So I'm, I'm gonna, I'll go the Power Rangers route because I feel like 
I feel like the the turtles were, were going to be the direction that people chose to go in. Um, yeah, and if actually you want to, um, you have Rob's response to that. He fucking nailed it. Yes, because because Eric also asked Rob who Tank Abbott would be, <laughs> and Rob said he would be Splinter Sensei. But depending on what source you look at, Splinter Sensei died, and that's part of what set Splinter on his path to become Splinter. I mean, they are at the end of untanking the territory. Yeah. So, answer we got. UTT at UTT Rob, our our dishonorable friend from across the pond, mm. has Scarlet Bordeaux as April O'Neil. Ooh, nice. Uh, he went a little outside the 2013 because he's got the Leonardo as Chris Hero. Okay. Adam Cole as Donatello. Mm. Dalton Castle as Michelangelo. And Roderick Strong made the cut as Raphael. Nice. Yeah. Um, yeah, listen, in, uh, you know, Scarlet's an interesting um, April, but I really kind of saw that as, as Veda Scott. Personally. Um, I'm down with that. I, I, I'd be Team Veda. Um, but I don't know the difference between the Turtles. I know it's kind of embarrassing. Um, so the only so Leonardo is supposed to be like the leader, like the, the level-headed, big decisions guy. Yeah. Kevin Steen. And Donatello is supposed to be the brains. He's he's got some combat skills, but he is the tech guy, the brains guy. Definitely Jimmy Jacobs. Michelangelo, party time dude. Cowabunga bro. Matt Taven. Raphael, hot headed, very aggressive, usually to his own detriment. Tomas Ciampa. It's a hell of a lineup. I don't know how teenage they are, but... <laughs> yeah, and then uh, Splinter, I'm going to go off the... I'm going to go off the grid here a little bit, or a little off, you know, out of the box. I'm going to say Nigel. You know, I mean, he, he's the oldest yeah. to say. I mean, he, he, he walks it like he talks it. Um, Wait. Splinter is the rat, right? Splinter is the rat, yes. Oh, I was thinking of Shredder. Okay. Yeah, definitely Nigel McGinner as Splinter. And then we'll be our Shredder. Prino. I was going to say it'd be kind of low. It can be a, like the obvious answer, right? But Scum was trying to, to shred Ring of Honor, right? Yeah. Definitely not Jimmy Ray. I'm gonna go with yeah, Steve Carino, so sweet. All right, and then you're gonna go with the Power Rangers then, huh? I'm going to Power Rangers route. 
Let's see if I can let's see if I don't miss nobody. So I I'm I'm kind of just going in. I have I have a mix of cast. I don't have a whole cast because there's there's only so much I can do, right? Because the Power Rangers had the diversity, right? And they had two women on the team. And Ring of Honor doesn't really have two women to spare, so. <laughs> I played me a Yemen. I'll uh. So I'm kind of starting at home base, right? You got you got Zord on, you got Alpha. Caprice Coleman is my is my Zordon. He he's going to guide the Rangers on their path to to righteousness and the victory. I've got Mark Briscoe as Alpha. I I eyes and all that. Rangers Rangers danger danger. <laughs> to keep the the kind of relationship going. He's also kind of a main event player right now, so I feel confident putting this role. I'm going to have uh, my my Jason and my Kimberly being uh, Mike Bennett and Maria Canellis, respectively. Yeah. Pink Ranger, you know, childhood crush of many. I'm sure Maria Canellis fills that role for many oh. young fellows then, now and forever. Billy, right? Again, kind of a smart guy. Kind of a kind of a dweeb, whatever. You know, I'm uh, I'll, that's where I'll put my Kevin Steen. I mean, they had they had a black guy be the Black Ranger. We got it's got to be Cedric Alger. Okay. Mike, can you still hear me? Yep, I can hear you now. Okay, I'm I'm paranoid now. Yeah, you did go off for a little bit, but uh, you went out. After All right. And there, Yellow Ranger. Um. Could be, could be me again. Haven't seen her in a while. Could be, uh, could use Silesia. I mean, she's a real, real wrestler. Yeah. She doesn't really get to show it here, but she is a real wrestler. And uh, I also have a villain. I'm going to, I want to put Truth Martini as Rita Repulsa. Okay. I have no idea what that means, but all right. I'm, I'm here. I'll take, I'll text you a picture of what Rita looks like and then. Once you have that, it's gonna it's gonna make all the sense in the world. Okay. But thank you, Eric, for your question. Do we want to do well we have two questions from Rob that we have to answer. Do we want to do both of those? Yep, yeah. And Rob, sorry, I know I messaged you saying we were gonna do it in the watch along. But Brandon picked such a great fucking match that just blew my fucking mind. I completely spaced it, so sorry about that. So you're getting two questions this week, Rob, and it kind of transitions pretty well into obviously you know with Eric's question. But um, I got the first one here, Will, which was last week because uh, we did record a little early too. Um, but if you could pick a match between anyone in 2013 Ring of Honor against themselves in 2023, what would it be? And the funny thing is, Rob, we actually did discuss this in pre-production. Um, I just forgot what Brendan said. So, uh, Will, do you have anybody? He, he's been he's been brushed about a little bit, but uh, I think I might pick a uh, I might pick a Matt Taven. I think. Ah. 
either either one of the either one of the Kingdom fellas. I think because if you want to have kind of that that visual growth, like you have this Matt Taven versus what Matt Taven is now, and like the Mike Bennett, you know, in 2013, Mike Bennett's angry. He's a very angry young man. He's got a lot of. He's working through a lot. He wants to prove himself a lot. And now you have Mike Bennett now, who was very, like, you know, kind of at peace with himself, is yeah. in a much better place, is a much happier guy. Hmm. Interesting. It's hard for me not to pick Adam Cole. It just seems like low hanging fruit. But I'm talking like. Early 2013, I'm still talking like, oh, shucks, Adam Cole. Um, Adam Cole getting kicked in the dick by himself. Yeah, love to see it. Um, well, it would be interesting to. This is kind of off brand here a little bit, but you have Kevin Steen. It'd be cool to see Kevin Steen wrestle Kevin Owens. Obviously, you know, you know, Kevin Steen's not in Ring of Honor in 2023. But I think Steen versus Owens would be fun. Would you want to push it back a little more and have uh, Steen Erico versus Steen and Sami Zayn? I mean, technically, Steen Erico is not in uh, 2013. But, yeah, I mean, God, that would be fucking fun. Steen Generico versus Owens and Zane, huh? Yeah. God damn it, book it. There's another five thousand dollar idea. Let's let's Firefly Funhouse this shit up. <laughs> All right. Yeah, that's a good pick. So Alright, and Rob's question for this week. And sorry, so sorry about that, Rob, that we missed it last week. That was that was on me. Let's get those all jacked up, but um, but uh, this is Rob's question this week, uh, as QT Marshall is randomly the AAA Latin American champion, I think he did legitimately win this championship. He, he sure did. Um, and he will be defending it at AAW this coming up September 29th. Unfortunately, I will not fighting be champion. You're not in the building, but I'm hoping uh, if. QT, this is not a one-off for QT, uh, that he's going to be doing some shots because the Jim Lyman term is coming up. Uh, but that's another podcast is. Uh, which members of the 2013 Ring of Honor would you cast in a Mexican t- uh, telenovela, and what would the storyline be? Oh, Jesus fucking Christ. Oh. All right, well. Rob said he picked the Briscoes. <laughs> I mean, brother versus brother. Yeah. I would cast the Briscoes. They would uh, each have evil twin brothers that turn out to be alien replicates. Uh, the original Briscoes would have thought that they were actually did have twin brothers after hallucinations brought on by eating too many, chicken, too many chickens in a chicken eating contest. Oh. Rob, I hope you're writing a book, my friends. So. Um. Okay. Uh, well, first we got to figure out the cast. 
Rants, we're, we're picking two. Right, that was that the stipulation was two? That's what I mean. Or just as which members? Yeah, which members, so. So, Tom, I'll, I'll be that guy, right? I want to bring in as many eyes as I possibly can. I want this thing to draw mucho numbers. Big numbers. Okay. So I'm going to have a telenovela with Beta Scott, Scarlett Bordeaux, and Maria Canellis. <laughs> All right. I was a little nervous. I was going to have these party there for a second. There, there, there needs to. There doesn't really need to be that much of a story. It's just three redheaded women and their exploits. Dios mio. I'm going to sell DVDs. I'm going to sell posters. I'm going to sell licensed fan fiction. Oh, jeez. Yeah, that could be a little scary. Money-making empire. All right. Yeah, I could kind of see them being like the, the Fox Force 5. All right, what do I got here? Um... I don't think of a, like a buddy cat, like a like a buddy comedy. I could see. I'm gonna I'm gonna book Jimmy Jacobs, Chris Pullman, and uh, they are definitely gonna be. They're gonna. I can't really just, I, can't, I don't know how to express it. You know, like, yeah. I mean, it's pretty much lethal weapon, right? You got the moody white guy, <laughs> the 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 by the, the by the book, older elder statesman, getting too old for this shit, Jimmy. Yeah, that's actually spot on. So, yeah, I'm gonna book uh, a remake of Lethal Weapon Two, uh, one of my favorite weapon movies, uh, at Mexican telenovela style. Uh, starring Jimmy Jacobs as Lieutenant Riggs and uh, Caprice Coleman as uh, Roger Murtaugh. That's fucking perfect, Will. Yeah. But it's it's going to be set in Mexico, and it's going to be telenovela style. So, look it. That's another... Man, we are cashing $5,000 checks like it's going on style. I'm going to have this car paid off before you fucking know it. So, Perfect. Well, Rob, awesome. Thank you. Uh, once again, sorry about, uh, you know, botching the question, but uh, make sure you're following Rob at UTT Rob. And, uh, what, and obviously they're um, still doing the, the Gator Golf Tournament, uh, but make sure whatever his uh, next project's going to be. Um, I'm hoping it's Bob Sapp, but that's another thing to And uh, I know I keep saying this every fucking week. We're going to reach out to Rob, but I literally just DM'd you, Rob. Uh, while I was picking out my Ninja Turtles, so when he's coming on the show, so let us know. So, uh, but we'll we get one more question of dishonor here, don't we? We do from our friend SJ at Carnival of Chaos with K's. What's a gimmick that we could do without Tom? I mean, can we take the low hanging fruit here, Will? There's Uh, Right, it depends on how broad you want to go. Like, 
do without. I mean, like, part of me wants to, you know, and seem to say, like, Truth Martini, but it's not the gimmick of Truth Martini I want gone. I just want Truth Martini gone. Yeah. So that's, I, so I'll go with, if I want to get rid of the gimmick. I'm going to go with, oh, excuse me. Hmm. I guess if we want to keep it in that ballpark, right, we would just say we'd want to get rid of the gimmick of the hoopla hotties. Yeah. Like the, those two, those ladies could be doing more than just being distractions. Yeah, especially Silesia. Can I can I get rid of Davy Richards' gimmick of not having a personality? And give him a personality. And give him a person. Can I can I do like an Uno reverse and I can give Davy Richards a gimmick? Yeah. Yeah, I mean that works. Um. Like, I want to get. It's not really a gimmick. I just want. I just want ACH to be like a killer. You know, now he's just, I mean, he's not, be, he's not, you know, doing miles for miles, Jordan Miles gimmick. Well, that's good. Um, if you know what I'm talking about, you know what I'm talking about. But I just want ACH just like, honestly, yeah, turn heel. It'd be fun to see. I don't think I've ever seen ACH as a heel, actually. It'd be cool to see him go heel and just fucking just murder people. That'd be awesome. So, yeah, I'm going to say ACH. Yeah, get rid of, uh, you know, the happy-go-lucky Mr. ACH dribbling, you know, doing the fake dribbling thing and just kill people. Yeah. That's what I got. So. All right, Will, do you have any other gimmicks that you could do without besides Scum and Truth Martini? No. I think I've said all I need to say. Okay. Well, um, high fivers here. We're going to take a quick break uh, to plug all of our friends here at the Shining Wizards Network. Uh, but also, I know one of these days I will actually get a recorded block. Uh, but make sure you also check out all the great shows here on uh, Visionaries Global Media. I'm glad to say, even though I don't watch the American football, it's good to see that uh, Chad and Diesel are back. They are the godfathers and owners, uh, bosses of uh, Visionaries Global Media with their view from the top of the goalposts. Uh, it's great. It's a good time, even if you're not into the American football. Obviously, you want to check out Band from Ringside Drops every Friday uh, with uh, JCB, former guest of the show, uh, Zach and Bill. And then uh, Brain Buster Boys, Brett and Beaumont, always out there killing it. Uh, two former guests also. Uh, go cap by Caps on a hiatus for a couple weeks, but make sure you check out those guys. Uh, make sure you do check out uh, the Midwestern Wrestling Roundup. I do have my MVP uh, for the Insane Eight. Uh, Mr. Tommy Trainwreck uh, coming on the show tomorrow. I'm really looking for that conversation. Uh, make sure you check out the Phoenix Splash podcast, for, especially if you're in Japanese wrestling. Uh, JCB and Brett are doing great there. Um, it looks like Dungeons & Junkies is back, too, on Visionaries Global Media. But enjoy all the great shows here on uh, Visionaries Global Media and Shining Wizards. And we'll see everybody 
on the on the flip side the shining wizards is the greatest wrestling podcast of all time don't believe me tune in and check us out we laugh we cry we interview some of the greatest people in professional wrestling and we have some of the greatest segments of all time including everyone's favorite wrestling game show can you beat that we're live 6 50 p.m east on monday night on all social media platforms and we're with you wherever you go on every single streaming and podcasting platform as well check us out go over to shiningwizards.com and join us for some wrestling talk and talk about wrestling What's up, folks? It's your boy, the Impact Player, Mr. Philly Ray, inviting all of you to check out the Turnbuckle Throwbacks Wrestling Podcast. Join us as we cover all things current in the world of pro wrestling, as well as paying homage to the old school, the squared circle. So listen in and find out why we are the recognized symbol of excellence in sports entertainment broadcasting. Find us on all social media platforms and anywhere you get your podcast from. And as always, we are the proudest members of the Shining Wizards Network and Rant Entertainment Media. The Mark Order Podcast is the only show you need if you're looking for dedicated coverage of everything AEW on the Shining Wizards Network. Join us live on YouTube every Wednesday night at 10.15 p.m. Eastern after Dynamite to chat along with the show. If you can't join us live, listen to us on your favorite podcast platform. Follow us on all social channels at MarkOrderPod and use the hashtag JoinTheMarkOrder because if you don't find us, we will find you. G'day guys, my name is Thomas, one half of the Broadcast Podcast. With our podcast, we go back and watch wrestling events from WWE, WWF, WCW, ECW, AEW, and many other wrestling promotions. You can check us out on Twitter at the Broadcast, that's T-H-E-B-R-O-K-A-S-T, and you can also download all episodes on Apple Podcasts, CastBox, Castro, and many other podcast apps. Got 30 minutes to kill? Come check out 30 Screams or Less, where we review a horror movie in 30 minutes or less. We cover new movies and old ones, too. We'll give our honest thoughts on the movie, good or shit, as well as a rating of each one that we watch. New episodes weekly, available on the Shining Wizards Network and wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. I'm Steve. And I'm Corey. Come check us out at 30 Screams or Less. What's up, everyone? When on the Shining Wizards Network, be sure to check out Wrestling Night in Canada. If we're not recording another kick-ass podcast, or playing in punk bands, or recording kick-ass heavy metal albums, then we're sitting back, we're grabbing a couple brews, and going over everything to do in the world of pro wrestling. Because we're from Winnipeg, you idiots. If you like your music heavy, then check out Radioactive Metal on the Shining Wizards Network. For over 16 years now, Radioactive Metal has been one of the longest-running podcasts. Over the years, we've interviewed some legendary metal acts, had some awesome discussions, and cranked a hell of a lot of tunes. So join your cool Uncle Snowy and his co-host Aaron for the audio mosh pit that is Radioactive Metal here on the Shining Wizards Network. 
Are you tired of being lied to every day by the mainstream media? Do you want to know what's really going on in the world? Do you want to make up your own mind about things and not be told what to think or say? Then listen to Inconclusive Breakdown, a weekly anti-PC look at the world of entertainment and current events brought to you without censorship or filters. You can find us everywhere you listen to podcasts, BitChute, and on ShiningWizardsNetwork.com. And also, we're a proud member of the Shining Wizards Network. All right, high fivers. Well, this is the main event uh, for this episode. About well, we are uh, episode one hundred four, Ring of Honor Television. Our original air date uh, September fourteenth, uh, two thousand thirteen. Uh, we cut real quick uh, to a promo, uh, just kind of explaining the BJ Whitmer, uh, Michael Bennett uh, incident. So it turns out that BJ Whitmer was actually hurt. With that pile driver, and he's out. And uh, however, as Michael Bennett's in good shape, he will go on. Uh, but my little McGinnis did a little recording there, but you know, he does remind everything you know that wrestling, um, you know, may be entertainment, uh, but people do get hurt. And uh, we wish everyone a speedy recover. I uh, appreciate the support. So it's kind of a nice little thing. But uh, our first match will is Matt Taven versus Roderick Strong. Uh, it's basically a battle of Truth Martini's past versus his present. Um, but right off the bat, Will, we're going a little WWE here. And Nigel gets in the ring and tells Scarlett that she does not have a wrestler's license and she cannot be certified. That's right. Sleazy's got the, the old bodyguard license, right? Yep. Um, so she's got a. She's allowed to sit at the commentary desk and enjoy the match. With Nigel and Kevin Kelly. Yeah. Um, you know, and then, you know, Nigel. And then the awkwardness ensues. Nigel yeah. cracking jokes about her offering favors to get. Yeah. Um, They're yeah. both terrible actors, so it just comes off like on both, on both of them, just being like really clunky, really like, oh, oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oof. Yeah. This will really get him. And uh, before we get into the match, I do want to watch some more complaining. Will, I don't know if you know this, but there's some old guy there sitting on the hard cam just with his, you know, arms crossed, the old impress me bro guy. I just want to punch that guy in the fucking face. I mean, that guy just bothered the living shit on me. I don't know if you know this or not, but. Um, and then uh, Kevin Kelly compares Salizi to the big boss man. Jim Cornette second. I thought that was a an interesting comparison. Um, kind of like a compliment, but will you have any thoughts on the big boss man? I know it's a bit before your time, but he he actually was kind of before my time. So like I, I knew him from like the video games, but he was huh. no longer wrestling uh, when I started watching wrestling. He was, I believe, dead when I was when I was when I started watching the wrestling. Yeah, he died pretty young. Um, Big Boss Man is actually pretty ingrained in my memory. I think I'm so sure, but if you want to hear more, you have to ask questions about that. But yeah, Big Boss Man really kind of changed the game. There's two bigger guys like that that can move. But um, so real quick, and we get a commercial break in this week's picture with Champa. Oh, great. Um, real quick, just to talk about the match, uh, I, which I really enjoyed, by the way, once. The this is a good match. We've. The okay. matches Matt Taven has been 
getting lately have been really good for showcasing that he can be a really good in-ring talent. Yeah, Roddy, and Roddy's a great dancer for him. Um, Roddy's Roddy's going to match whatever pace you set out there because he can wrestle. Yeah. Um, But he's been busting out some new moves, too, and it's cool that he trusts David to to do those too. you know, but you know, and you know, I just got in here. You know, match starts out a little wonky, but they can't, you know, with all the interference. But uh, Nigel gets very handy, keeps out Martini. Mar- Martini gets booted, yeah. Taven and he and Taven kind of you know, says some of the truth too. Taven's starting to get sick of all the all the hoopla, if you will, yeah. But Nigel says he's like, You're not going to do shit like that in front of me. And I'm not having me not do anything. Yeah, I mean, he's like, I'm sitting right here. Um, yeah, and then once that happened, you know, the match got really good. Yeah, the last five minutes, this was great. Um, you know, but, uh, you know, strong, but at the end, strong corners to climax DDT uh, into a, a sick kick to the pin. Um, and then yeah, Roderick Strong's taking on the winner of Kendrick, Brian Kendrick, uh, Um Last year, yeah, Fun match, uh, good on a rewatch, and yeah, David's a good dance partner, like Will said, man. It's, it's really been stepping it up, so it's it's good to see, you know, which is funny because both of us did not like Matt Taven, um, before this. Like, I mean, I hated Matt Taven probably up to 2019. So, I didn't, I didn't get it, like I've said before. Like, I'm, I want to see the growth of Matt Taven because I've seen. Kind of more like post House of Truth, Matt Taven. It was like, yeah, whatever. And then all of a sudden, it's like Matt Taven's the biggest star in Ring of Honor. I'm like, all right, well, a couple years have gone by, and I've apparently missed a lot. It's <laughs> like, <laughs> so where did this go? So, um, you know, kind of obviously we had the benefit of foresight, but I'm really kind of looking forward to the performance here. And really, how that happens. Um, because without spoiling too much, you know, because all three members of the kingdom are in completely separate storylines. So it's actually going to be kind of fun to see how those the three of them come together. If you don't know who I'm yeah. talking about, you just have to wait and tune in to a future episode. So. Um, I mean, you should know because they're, they're all kind of embroiled in a, in a little bit of a beef on uh, AEW right now. Yeah, that's true. With Roger Swan. Um, With Roger Strong, all the pieces are there. Thank goodness. I'm, I'm hoping those guys are getting paid. So, uh, but our next uh, quarterfinal match here is uh, Brian Kendrick, uh, which is Kevin Steen. You know, and uh, Kevin Kelly and I do call Kendrick a interesting character. And well, we all know um, he's got some interesting takes. Um, now I will say this: I'm pretty. Little is not the right word, but listen, I'm relatively forgiving for you know I'm not one to cancel people. Um, but I will say what Brian Kendrick, as much as of a tinfoil hat I wear, and that whole kick bull, what Brian Kendrick said, uh, was pretty deplorable. I'll just say that. Um, I just think it was very interesting timing that it was brought up. When he was fired from AEW, um, but I'm hoping in my heart of hearts that he was just in a gimmick, 
which happens. Um, that's all I'm going to say about that, Will. So I'm sure if you don't know what I'm talking about, I'll let people, you know, figure it out for themselves. Um, but at the end of the day, Brian Kendrick is literally a Ring of Honor original. He was on the first show. Literally, you know, the Air of Honor begins. So I remember his first show on SmackDown. He came out as a singing telegram guy who got beat up by The Undertaker. He's really, really sorry. Awesome. Um, yeah, this episode of Ring of Honor TV, there is like no fluff. They, they, they just spit out the matches. Like, hey, remember All Star Extravaganza? Here's some more of it. Yep. Um, at least this is the last of All Star Extravaganza, but not the last of the pre-tape matches. Um, I don't know if we talked about this will or not, but can you buy Blue Smock Nancy on Bandcamp or anything? I couldn't buy that. Song. Couldn't find it. Couldn't find it. Okay, I couldn't either. I didn't see any any uh like digital purchasing option or physical stuff for that matter. I don't I don't know how how big the band actually got. I mean, I think they have a couple albums. Yeah, but I mean, everyone's got shit on Bandcamp, you know. I mean, well, I also don't know if Blue Smock Mancy has done anything since. Bank camp was invented since 2012. <laughs> um, I do have to check out that Spotify Ring of Honor entrance list maybe, like a year ago. But, um, but it was—I I did thought it was kind of funny since we've been watching Will. Obviously, Steen's been a savior, and then he's been a heel, and now he's being back to being a savior again. Um, but it does seem since he lost the title. That he's finally starting to have some fun again. You know, definitely the beginning of this match with their little, you know, um, running the ropes thing I thought was a little fun. Um, I do like Brian Kendrick going out, taking the powder, and then rolling in the ring and rolling right back out again. You know, letting Steve chase him. I thought that was pretty fun. So, um, you know, and then, uh, you know, Kendrick does it in nasty sliced bread on the apron. You know, I thought it was kind of funny that uh, Kevin Kelly does call Kendrick Spanky, which was his original name in Ring of Honor. Um, and then Kevin, or Ivan McGinnis talking how he broke Kevin Steen's back one time, throwing him on the entrance. That was kind of mean, but uh, but yeah, good uh, good action. But in the end, Steen gets a sharpshooter, uh, sharpshooter, also rocking the pink and black. So I'm obviously shouting out um, what the hitman heart here, but uh, sounds like Kevin Steen's going to be facing Roderick Strong in a battle. The only two former champions. In this tournament, uh, will I kind of very brief over that match pretty quickly? I enjoyed this. Uh, any thoughts? No, like you said, he's wearing black and pink. They're in Canada. Granted, it was a uh, like a stand-up to cancer or whatever shirt, so like it wasn't like he came out in like a, a kill steam kill shirt that was just supposed to be a mock-up of Bret Hart, but. You know, the color is there. People are going to see that and think, I mean, he's Canadian. People are just going to assume that he loves the hearts. To win with a sharpshooter in Canada, I mean. Not the world's best sharpshooter, but a sharpshooter nonetheless. Um, Go over in this one? What's that? It would have been needed if, like, one of these curveball kind of entries made it past the first round, but... Yeah. 
Yeah, not at not, least one of them. Like not necessarily all of them, but like if Carl Anderson got got through, or like if Paul London somehow. I mean, Paul London wrestled Michael Elgin, so he knew there was no way that was happening. But I think it would have been, a, you know, I think it would have made it a little more interesting if like a Brian Kendrick was able to pull out a win. And you bounce somebody like Steen out in the first round, then you're like, "Oh, holy shit, we're we're bouncing out some we're bouncing out one of the heavy hitters already." Yeah. Um. So is that that Steen shirt that he's wearing? though, that is rocking. That is a cancer awareness shirt. I thought so. I thought on the back it said something about cancer. Okay. Um. Yeah. So I could be mistaken. I've I've only watched it twice, so I could be wrong. <laughs> um, I, I watched I watched the TV on on double speed today. I was more so just trying to remember the broad strokes of what we watched. Jeez, what was that? Like three, four weeks ago, we watched All Star Extravaganza. Yep, I just cut and pasted my notes from that to here. So, um, but our main event is our first quarterfinal match. Uh, this is the match that kind of made Will and I's head explode at All Star Extravaganza. Uh, but we do get highlights of uh, Adam Cole and Jay Lethal's wins. Uh, Cole obviously Jay Lethal beat Sanjay Dutt. Uh, the first Sanjay Dutt match I've seen, ironically enough, and obviously, uh, Adam Cole beating uh, Mark Briscoe, you know, with a Jay Driller and uh, some underhanded tactics here. Um, but Kevin Kelly starts off this match calling it the golden age of Ring of Honor. How do you feel about that, Will? Oh. Oh. I will. I didn't react fast enough because you froze, and it would have been a great screen cap. Where it looked like you were like yelling, and it's like this would have been—it's <laughs> like me at my computer right now, but it's you. So this—I saw it dip down. Like I noticed, I'm like, oh, Tom's not moving. Then I saw the bars drop. I'm like, no. <laughs> yeah, goddamn cafe internet. Um, goddamn two hundred dollar Comcast internet. <laughs> what? We've been over this. I, I pay over $200 a month for a cable and internet. Well, this is cable. And I'm the only person on it right now. AT&T is not bad. We don't get cable, though. You guys use your cable? Not really. Got to get rid of it. Anyways, Will. Well. Anyway, so yeah, I don't I don't know where I got cut off, but it would have been cool to see one of those curveball entrants to get a win. Yeah. No, I, yeah, that was you got all that. I was just asking you how you feel about Kevin Kelly um, calling this the golden age of ring honor. What what was it? A golden age of ring of honor? Yeah. That might be a stretch. 
they're they're really trying to push that they've been doing all this hard work to like bring the honor back into Ring of Honor. They got rid of scum, but it's like, all right, but what else have you done? Yeah, it just sucks because I know there's some really really good shit on the horizon. I just thought it was going to show up soon, but right, we got to get there because right now it's 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 kind of a slog. Yeah, it's not fighting February bad, but it's kind of well, and like. And I have to actually, I have to text Graham because when you know when Graham was on, just talking about you know this tournament taking him so long, he has no idea. It's longer than even he thinks it is. We've already seen all this, but whatever. Um, yeah, I would call it. I mean, he's definitely trying to paint a you know a turd better, but um, but in this, I think it's the first time to tell us that the semifinals and finals are going to be on Death Before Dishonor. Weren't they talking how this is all going to be on TV originally? I could have missed that, but... I thought they had said the whole thing was going to be on TV, yeah. Okay, so I'm not, I'm not the only one. So. Well, everything except for the the semis in the final. Okay. Then maybe they, maybe I that's... guess, but when they first announced it, they said it was all going to be on TV. Well, and they probably didn't tell us that it's going to be all on TV after Death Before Dishonor, so that's probably what we're going to do with October. Um, but I did think the biggest match was a lot of fun. Um, a lot of fun moves, a lot of reversals. I did really like how Kevin Kelly and Nigel McGuinness went over the five points of balance. Obviously, if you can control one of those points uh, for more than your opponent, you're going to win. Um, I thought that was pretty cool. I never really thought of it that way. Um, only one soaring and scoring. Uh, fun, tricky scenes. They got the crowd into it. Um, I know you hate the lethal J or will, but uh, the lethal combination is pretty sweet. Uh, but Cole plays possum, gets a kick to the back of the head, uh, but lethal with the sweet lethal injection. The Cole kicks out of it. Um, but then in the end, uh, you know, he suplexes or uh, uh, Cole suplexes from the top, and then a devastating Florida key. Will, how do you feel about? I know you're not a big J lethal fan, but obviously lethal injection is one of the more prolific but how do you feel about Cole kicking out of a lethal injection but winning the stupid fucking Florida Keys Cole's on the rise baby I mean it's not a stupid move it's just so stupid it's so goddamn protected I mean I think the lethal injection is a stupid move right because you, you turn your back on your opponent you run away from them you springboard off the ropes and then you jump backwards at your opponent. It's like, there's a lot of room for them to pull. Even if they just do the old Samoa Joe and take two steps to the side, right? And you just, like, jump backwards like an asshole. Yeah. Um... But earlier for the Power Rangers question, I initially, I, I was drawing a blank at who I had for, for Billy the Blue Ranger initially, but I, I'm pretty sure I had Hydro himself, Jay Lethal. Yeah, Hydro. Technically sound. Nobody can. He's not a bad wrestler. He's an amazing wrestler. Yeah. But he just doesn't really do it for me. I mean, I will say, jumping ahead a wee bit, his match. Uh, the other thing we're talking about wasn't too shabby. Oh, the the pay per view. Yeah. Yeah. Um, 
But um, so, yeah, yeah, this was fine. I mean, Adam Cole's on the rise. I mean, if you know, you know. Yeah. We did get a code of honor here, which I was a little surprised at, though. We did. Um, you know, with, with the attitude change, Dan Cole. And now they're talking about Lethal is the first favorite to get knocked out. It's kind of how what you were talking about earlier. So, um, you know, I guess this is technically a surprise that Adam Cole won. I wasn't surprised, but... Um, well, real quick, well, before we drive into... Uh, ro- drive into... Uh, run into Road to Greatness 2. Uh, any final thoughts on TV? No, like I said, there was no... Like, other than that bit from Nigel at the start of the episode talking about how B.J. Whitmer actually got hurt. Go fuck yourself, B.J. Whitmer. Um, you know, it... Like, it was legit just cut and paste. Like, they didn't give us, like, any kind of inside ring of honor. There was no additional promos. It was just, here's three matches from if you bought our pay-per-view that you've already seen, so go spend an hour doing something else. Yeah, I mean, I mean, there was a couple from Cell Phone Guy talking about the upcoming shows in Philadelphia, and, you know, Michael Elgin said probably, yeah, it was, and they sprinkled in, you know, Chompa selling photographs, but yeah, it was, you know, now, if this is a standalone TV show, I know we always ask this after, but how would you have felt if you had not seen All-Star Extravaganza? The action in the ring was pretty solid. Yeah, but that's all there was. I'm like, I would have been like, all right, but what else is... I wouldn't have felt like this was giving me enough other stuff to keep me entertained. Well, in 2013, would not have been sold. Okay. I'm just some decent wrestling. Yeah. There's no investment, so. Well, we're going to go into our quote-unquote pay-per-view. Uh, we are the second night of Road to Greatness um, from Birmingham, Alabama. And we've got Kevin Kelly on the call, but it looks like Kevin Kelly's looking for Prince Nana, which we're kind of coming to. He, he's looking for him all night, but Prince Nana, I remember, he's a, he's got a little bit more of an importance to him now where he's a talent scout. He's kind of like an, an ambassador to try to help improve Ring of Honor. So Kevin Kelly's like, oh, I'm supposed to be joined by Prince Nana. Well, I know he's in the building. Yeah, but well, <laughs> you know, <coughs> Prince Nana does miss those all-important production meetings, though. But. So did Steve Carino. I mean, it's just the curse of Kevin Kelly's broadcast partners. Right. Uh, well, Will, what do you think of the curtain jerker here? Because we have Luke Fox, again, Austin C versus Champa. Uh Fox is a great dance partner. Uh, this is a great wrestling match, hard hitting. I didn't really have a lot of notes because this is just a lot of fun to watch. It's good. Yeah, Hawks gave as good as he got. Um, and you know, in the end, it wasn't enough. You know, Chopper wins with the second rope. Uh, Eric Crash. I don't remember what he calls it in Ring of Honor, but uh, yeah, this this was awesome. I mean, I wish we would have gotten a little bit more. Uh, but yeah, it was it was a nice, pleasant surprise. I think they call it the Kryptonite Crunch. That's stupid. I don't know why I don't like that, but... Um, yeah, great opener. It is good breakfast. You know, it's great to see Luke Hawks, and obviously we get to you know know Luke Hawks more um, later on in, in life and everything, but... Um, yeah, this is just your classic Ring of Honor American Strong Style match, and it delivered. Um... 
Anything else on that, Will? No, good showcase. You know, they've been we've been having these openers right like we had the, the opener with Ray Rowe. Now you got this opener with, with Luke Hawks. You know, it's getting eyes on some, some local talent, getting a good match for and kind of gives them the rub right of like your Roger Strongs, your Tommaso Chump, like guys that you know, like you're already making money off these guys, but it's like we'll bring them out. They can have a great match. They get paid. The local guy gets paid. Everybody looks good at the end. Yeah, he's one Chelsea in Ring of Honor Superstar. And, uh, of course, I didn't realize this until the third match, but obviously our uh, four uh, – we got our four semifinalists over the first three matches here. Um, but our next match is QT Marshall uh, with Dave Scott versus Kevin Steen. Now, Veda is – a bad girl, and she's playing the role of R.D. Evans? Yep, she's she's committing to being a heel, because now she's part of this um, thing with QT Marshall. Um, and I know she's a lawyer, but after a feud with Mr. now she's second QT. But, and like we say all the time, Will, I don't fucking get it. Why are you giving a mouthpiece to QT Marshall in the first place? The guy can fucking talk. I, I don't get it. No. I don't know what to tell you, Tom. Yeah. Other than spoiler alert, QT Marshall is not successful against Kevin Steen. He got a little bit of offense. Yeah, that's my notes. Is uh, you know, got a little bit of offense in, but Steen ultimately went to the Stenton Bond. Uh, kind of a short match, you know. Um, yeah, I don't know. They need to give QT the the ball. Um, but our next, uh, speaking of Raymond Roll, will. Michael Elgin versus Raymond Rowe. And you want to talk about big men slapping meat. Um, Kevin Kelly is very infatuated with Raymond Rowe, by the way. Kevin Kelly puts over on commentary that nobody can match Michael Elgin's strength except for maybe Raymond Rowe. He also says he can't find Prince Nana, but if we got some shrimp cocktail out here, he'd be right over. Yeah, I thought that was kind of a weird comment, but uh, he's uh he's schmoozing with TV execs. Our all our favorite. <laughs> I thought that was going to be on that, but I guess I was wrong. If, if Prince Nana brought out a TV exec, I would have said no, Tom. I can't do this anymore. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, like I always say, you know, Raymond Rowe is a good example of uh, you know, vegetarians can be strong too, so. Um, you know, just pull the you know, quote of honor, shoulder blocks. Um, you know, it was a very, you know, great war. Raymond Rowe definitely gave the fizzy gap, but Elgin with the back fist, buckle bomb for the win. Um, you know, another just super solid match. You know, and it, it, seeing Rowe like this, and you know, we've seen Hanson just kind of gets me. We talked about a little bit earlier about what we know is going to happen in the future. Um, Things are going to pick up there their soon. Hopefully, will so good to see Raymond Rowe. Um, and then uh, we get the next world champ here for Elgin. But yeah, great match. Loved it and really enjoyed it. Will any thoughts? No, definitely. You know, two strong matches to open up again. You know, kind of more these these uh, smaller level guys coming out wrestling our, our semifinalists. 
we get them all in a row, right? You got Champa, you got Steen, you got Elgin. Yeah. I'd say they're there. all. They're, I'd say they're all kind of putting over their their partners here, but uh, QT Marshall, I don't think gets quite the rub that uh, a Ray Rowe or a Luke Hawks gets in the situation, but. Established Ring of Honor guy, but we shall see. But next, an interesting matchup. Uh, we get Michael Bennett versus Davy Richards. Um, and then for those of you that didn't know, uh, Marie is officially in control of uh, Mike Bennett now. Uh, Brutal Bob is officially gone. And like Will talked about earlier, they kind of mentioned how uh, Nana's and Beck's moves and TV execs again. Um, but yeah, at one point, uh, Bennett takes a cable shot to the nuts. Uh, he wants Marie to massage them uh, right then and there. That was a little gross. Uh, but Davey's Davey. Um, but lately, honestly, though, he's been looking a lot smoother than lately. Um, you know, Davey's kind of getting back to being Davey. He keeps doing the hip swerve thing. And then Kevin Kelly's like, well, here in Alabama, if he keeps doing the hip, you know, swerve thing like that, he might get someone pregnant. Uh, yeah. Um, I did like that Richard's double stomp out of the attempt to uh, reversal. That was a nice thing to do. Uh, but in the end, Richard hits the double. <laughs> uh, Bennett kicks out, but Richards gets him an aggression octopus. Uh, but Maria jumps on the apron. Uh, Bennett quote unquote taps, but then he breaks a hold. Uh, distracted. Bennett goes to kick him, almost gets Maria. Davy rolls up. Davy distracted again. Uh, super kick to the back and a pile driver. Will Michael Bennett and Davy Richards clean <coughs> in the middle of the ring? Um, it looks like Bennett's pile driver is the new book of truth. Um, any thoughts? Well, I mean, a pile driver really should be right. I mean, that should be a move that ends the match. Yeah, there's some good stuff here. Uh, Richards. Selling the neck pain off, like not just getting hit in like the head or like the neck area, but like when he comes down from like the top rope and he lands, it's like, yeah, like that's that's a lot of force on your body, like that's going to go through your back and your neck. Like, I hate the trope, and I know you really can't get around it, right? Because the whole point of it, but the trope of somebody gets on the apron. And the ref stops paying attention to what they're actually supposed to be paying attention to. It's one of those things I don't think about it all that often. But when I was watching this and that happened, I'm like, I hate that referees stop. Like, they're not in the ring. They're just on the apron. Like, don't look at them. Yeah. And I hate the whole, I'm going to tap, but I mean. You know, they teach you day one in wrestling school, you wrestle until the bell rings. David Richards, of all people, should know that. I would just keep that fucking hold on until I hear the goddamn bell. I mean, you got the, the octopus lock on, like, the top rope, which was like, I get it kind of looked. Because you're like, what the hell is he supposed to be doing? Yeah. But it's kind of like, when we joked when, like, uh, when Rusev did, like, the, the accolade or whatever. On a table, and they're like, "Oh, it hurts that much more because you're on a table." <laughs> you know, they're they're pushing Mike Bennett. You know, commentary stuff that we're like Kevin Kelly's comments about how like 
it's not a typical relationship because Maria's got all the powers. Like that was a little weird. Yeah. It really didn't. It didn't feel like something Kevin Kelly would normally say. Yeah. Oh. Uh, I'm I'm not surprised we get a win from Bennett here. I mean, they did talk too about how Davy Richards beat Matt Taven, but it wasn't a proving ground match or anything, so that doesn't yeah. affect his his progress. Because as far as we know, the the plan is still for the Wolves to get tag team gold, even though no Eddie Edwards for uh, the Knights of Greatness. Well, I mean, the Wolves just had the titles for, you know, 15 minutes. But... They just had the belts for like a week. Yeah. Hot potato, hot potato. Um, but at the end, Richard's got some choice words for Bennett and Maria, so I wonder if they're going to kind of keep going with this. So, um, I mean, I wouldn't mind seeing Michael Bennett and Dave Richards again. You know, so. Uh, but our next match that Will had alluded to a little bit earlier uh, Jay Lethal versus Matt Taven. This is a proving ground match, Will. Uh, so if Jay Lethal... Right. And this is also where Prince Nana jumps in on commentary. Yep. Um, and as Tom mentioned, he, uh, Nana was not at the production meeting. So he he's like, this is for the title. He's like, no, it's a proving ground match. Because true, even though Jay Lethal is a former TV champion, and they mentioned on commentary that Taven Lethal and Jimmy Jacobs were in a hell of a three-way for that oh. TV title. Yeah. Um, Truth Martini pulling the strings to not just get Jay Lethal in there to get a title shot. He's got to win a proving ground match first yeah. to see if he can hang with uh, an injured Matt Taven, right? Because they're saying that Matt Taven got, got his leg beat up pretty bad from Richards. Yeah. On night one. So even early on when he ducks out of the ring, he's he's really stretching. Taking the time to like very visibly stretch that leg. Like he's got it up on like the barricade and he's like really leaning into it. A lot of a lot of jaw jacking with the crowd. Taven really controls the pace at the start. Like he's he's in. They're starting to go. He ducks out of the ring. Rolls back in and immediately gets back out. Crowd, crowd hates it. They're booing. They're like, we want to see people wrestle. I love that move. But we we do get plenty of wrestling. I mean, and chops. Taven gets chopped pretty much out of the ring. Lethal falls him out, chops him again. He rolls back in the ring. Lethal rolls right back in, chops him again. And they just go back and forth like that a couple of times. Like, Truth Martini's arguing. Got to ban these chops. Jay Lethal has sneaky good chops. Jay Lethal's really good. Um, yeah, and once again, Matt Taven looking really good. Um, yeah, but uh, you know, uh, you know, obviously, you know, we get the distraction game going on. You know, Jay Lethal's not having it. Um, you know, Scarlett gets thrown out of the ring. Um, Salizi gets sexually assaulted by Jay Lethal. Um, Truth takes a swing with the Book of Truth, but misses. Uh, but then he gets a double lethal lethal injection. Uh, on Truth Martini and Matt Taven for the win. Um, so that's right, this bullshit move where he does a forward handspring and jumps backwards, where he just barely gets his arm around the other guys is enough to put down your TV champion. 
after a hell of a battle, but um, well, we'll get another code of honor from Matt Taven again, Will. I, I did kind of like where they're like Scarlet was supposed to be like a distraction where she's like just to the side enough where he can still throw Taven like into the ring yeah. and then be like, oh, she's there and she's like, hello, I'm on the ring. Yeah. Yeah, Mar- Martini's got to get some come up in soon. Somebody's got to like really. I'm not saying fuck him up like Elgin did with the barricade, but I'm saying like. Say what you will about Truth Martini. That shot looked not ideal. I said he looks like Rita Repulsa, and I sent you the picture, so I mean, now you know. You're not wrong. You are not wrong. Um, but real quick, Will, before we get into our uh, four way take team match of fuckery. Another great match, really. You know, Nick Haven's looking really good. So, uh, but Will, we've got a four-way tag team uh, match. Who we? Adrenaline Rush, obviously ACH and Cedarius Thomas. Uh, we've got Redragon of Bobby Fish and Kyle O'Reilly. Uh, CNC Wrestle Factory of Cedric Alexander and Chris Sullivan. In Alabama attitude, obviously being in Alabama. Uh, but Posey and Hollis have been making some some spots here for Ring of Honor. So, Will, I'm kind of confused. So, this is not a proven ground match, or it's not a proven ground match, but it's not not a proven ground match. So, if wait, this wasn't just for the titles, wasn't this for the titles? No. So, what would? So, I'm confused because I'm gonna I'm gonna we'll skip to the end. Red Dragon wins, and they're yelling, "You can't take!" Oh no, did they? Did Red Dragon win? Yeah, yeah, and they're yelling like, "You can't take these titles from us!" So that's why I thought this was for the belts. No, this was if anyone besides Red Dragon had won the match, then they would have a title shot against Red Dragon right afterwards. So they would have had to wrestle a second match after. Yeah. Like, it's yeah. like right after? Yeah. This is dumb. You can tell they were in fucking Alabama. And the funny thing is here, they didn't come up like halfway through the match. And I don't think, unless they cut something out from like the introductions or something, I don't think this is explained to the crowd. Um, I don't know, Will. Great match, though. Um, stupid storyline, but great match, but you know, like we always say, ECH is a, is a fucking athlete, man. Doing some ninja shit. Um, you know, Tadarius Thomas and Cedric Alexander, that was a lot of fun doing more ninja shit. Um, I do like, you know, Corey Hollis going for a pin after, you know, ACH is doing all his showboating and got laid out. Um, and then this is where it's like, yeah, so I'm like, my notes here say, I'm like, literally say, wait. So if Red Dragon wins a match, it's over. But if someone else wins, they face Red Dragon next. Yeah, they announced it like halfway through the match. Um, I did like the spot with the Caprice doing the dusty elbowing, but he did hit Cedric by accident. Uh, Tadarius Thomas is looking pretty good, you know, better than he's looked lately. Um, in a minute, so a lot's happened, but basically in the end, ACH goes for the 450. Uh, Bobby Fish gets knees up, chasing Dragon. And uh, like Will said, you know, Bobby Fish screaming in the camera, uh, no one's taking the titles that they've had for 15 minutes. Um, Good match. Storytelling didn't made no sense. Um, 
Yeah, I mean, what were the, so I mean, if Red Dragon, have you ever seen Hang Uncle Will? Um, yeah, I, I don't know. That's just stupid. Like you said, Will. Yeah, I mean, I missed that too. I thought it was a title match, and it's like, oh, they're, that's why when they're yelling, like, you can't take these titles from us like that, it was like, almost feeling like a setup where you have, like, all these teams there where it's like, well, statistically, Red Dragon's going to lose those tag belts. Yeah. So, um, well, Will, we're going to go on to our main event uh, with our fourth semifinal. Now time for the main event. Uh, Adam Cole versus Roderick Strong and... The Ringmaster's Challenge. And what did they say? Eddie Edwards won the first type of this match. So like, I don't know if I got this right, but uh, but the two out of three falls. Um, the first one's got to be a pinfall, right? And then the second one's got to be a submission. And um, then the third one is fifteen minutes Iron Man rules. So whoever can get the most pins in fifteen minutes. Correct. Pinner submissions in fifteen minutes. Um, like once again, I don't know if this. I didn't hear it on TV. Maybe they cut it out, but this is not explained to the crowd, so I'm not even name um, I, I, again, I, I didn't pick up on them. I got to that. Whew. Outwardly, man, they're like, oh, this. The first fall is gonna be one this way, and then like, and the second one's gonna be a submission. I'm like, wait a minute, are we doing like a three stages of hell match? But it's just like. Oh, you got to win this one this way. You got to win this one this way. And then it's the Iron Man thing, so it's like... It almost behooves you to throw one of those to get the 15 minutes and just try to... Yeah. Force yourself into that Iron Man round. Yeah, I... I, I don't know. Um... But these two are of course, whenever there's something like this where it's like, oh, and if we go to the third round, here's what the stipulation is going to be. So you know they're going to make it to that third round. Yeah, I mean, 99 times out of 100, that usually happens. So I guess there's time where people want two in a row, but I was pretty rare. But um, I did like, obviously, the good old storytelling, you know, Adam Cole working Roddy's elbow. Um, have you heard Roddy's had elbow issues before? I don't know. That kind of came out of nowhere, I thought. But... Um, you know, and then uh, obviously that ever devastating, you know, Florida Key, you know, Adam Cole gets the first pinfall. Uh, but then Adam Cole is focusing on Roddy's leg because he's been using three or four. Uh, to, no, um, to no avail. Uh, basically, Roddy just beats the piss out of him and quickly taps after a stranglehold. So, submission management like two minutes. Um, so, the third one is the most falls in 15 minutes. Um you know, I do like that there's no rest breaks in between. It's kind of beating the shit out of each other. Um, you know, this 15-minute part, man, they went at it. I mean, they were flying. Like, I did like the urgency there of that going on there. Um, you know, but Roddy gets fall ball four minutes in, uh, the first one. Uh, some close calls with a neck break were not strong. But in the end, uh, Florida Key, once again, it's 1-1. Uh, Cole kicks thrown through a table on the, um, on the concrete. Uh, but of course, no padding. Action picks up. Um, some slaps, lots of elbows. Uh, but Roddy gets so distracted and gets rolled up. And then uh, 
I do like the last two minutes of this, though, Will. Adam Cole. Just running out the clock. Yeah. You know, it's a, it's a chicken shit heel move, but why the fuck wouldn't you? That right, especially cool. when you know you're not going to tire Roddy out. You're not going to slow him down. I mean, he does get slowed down a little bit, right? He's hobbling a little bit from the, from the figure four. Yeah. But, yeah, I was getting down there, and like, oh, there's like two minutes left or whatever, and it's like, oh, oh, and you got to... You got you got to keep that lead. You don't want to, you don't because it goes to in, it goes to sudden death overtime if it's a tie at the end. Yeah, and that is not the situation you want to be in. Yeah. Um. Yeah, that was the main event. Um. You know, interesting that that Adam Cole of, of all people had the. You know, the harder match going into the finals and everything, but. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. Um, all in all, a, a solid event and not very well told. Uh, you know, if you have to explain stipulations, I always feel it's not worth it. But uh, all in all, I, th- I mean, it was relatively good. This stuff was okay. I think night one was better. Okay. I think Road to Greatness Night One was better. I I went into this night like you know I liked Night One, and Night Two just didn't hit the same way for me. It's kind of like yeah, this is okay. Yeah. But like you said, there's a lot of weird match stuff. The first the first hour, so I kind of up through the Bennett match. I was like. It's only been an hour. Like it felt like there was so much other stuff. Like at the start of the show. I mean, for me, it was a half an hour because I was watching at double speed. But yeah, I, I was. I did put it on one and a half <laughs> to make sure I could get through it all in time. Like there wasn't anything particularly like bad on, really on either in the night of the greatness. I mean, we got to see Ray Rowe again. You got to see Luke Hawks again. Taven had a couple great matches. Bennett's looking great. They were all right. Like, the shows overall were just, like, all right. Commentary's kind of rough on both TV and the pay-per-view. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, oh, I mean... It's it's tough when there's not much storyline advance, but oh no, not bad. So, but uh, yeah. Will is there? Uh, or, or, I'm sorry. Will, um, you know, for patrol is trained in the stations. Or uh, anything else you want to talk about there, my friend? I really can't wait until we get to death before dishonor in this TV and this TV tournament stuff. Is over, but if if people have the time and they aren't just watching along, um, I I'd say give give uh, I keep I use them interchangeably. Is it, is it Road to Greatness or Night of Greatness? Road to Greatness. I I would give Road to Greatness nights one and two a little skim. Yeah, there there's definitely enough there. 
they're only like each each night's only like two hours long, so it's not like a yeah. huge huge investment. Yeah, it was. It's a quick watch, which is awesome. So, yeah, I mean, not bad. I mean, it's an in reaction, but yeah, it'll be nice to get. You know, obviously they, you know, they're throwing a curveball with Jay Briscoe getting hurt. You know, I mean that happens. So, um, it's be nice to get out of scum, out of this tournament, and uh, see what happens. So. Gonna be interesting, so um, but yeah, Will. I just you know, we're gonna pull a train and stay here, but I just want to thank everybody for listening. Um, thank you all, high fivers. Thanks for all the great questions this week, everybody. Um, like Will always says, thank you to our wives, uh, they do make it you know a lot easier. Uh, thanks the for wives, that. everybody at VGM for having us, the shiny wizards for having us. Thank you to our cats. Gotta think, I guess you can think of the cats. My, my, my are in the doghouse right now, but. Oh boy. Well, Tico made a brief uh, podcast appearance. Mine's just staring at me. Get free, so. um, yeah, I mean, till uh, next week, High Fivers, uh, we'll talk to everybody later. This has been a Visionaries Global Media production. Visionaries Global Media. Envisioning excellence on a global scale.